podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. He probably doesn't remember this at all. Yeah, we work together. It's easy. This is kind of real. I call it shit. And so it's really cool to get to be a part of that. Hey, you know how it is, bro. Hey, when you... You now tune into the biggest ever. We're not here just to take part. We're here to take over. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. That's what I love people, but uh, I've been... I've been through that. So mm. it's it's a touchy situation because everybody's blaming the doctors, right? <clears throat> and I can attest to this. You see a concussion as 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 hard as it sounds, they're always telling you, you know, if, if you you head your head hurts or anything, you gotta pull yourself out. But mentally you can't just quit. Like for your safety, you don't just you don't think about your safety normally. It's just like, look, I'm quitting on my teammates. I can't do that. So one of the things that you do is you really lock in and concentrate on what the doctors are saying to you and what the, the actual exercises are. I remember this happened every single, I got eight concussions, like documented concussions. And the last one that I had <clears throat> when, I was in, when I was in Dallas, we were playing Denver. I got hit by Sean Lee. He hit me. wasn't even hard. It was like a, like one of those you kind of hit him under the chin, but my neck went back, and I just remember kind of feeling like a little buzzed. I remember we had the rain delay, which is like another forty-five minutes. We go inside, <clears throat> and I'm inside before the team, and they're asking me questions. They're asking me five letters that I got or five words that I got to remember. I remembered all five. I had to balance. They had to make me close my eyes and do some other like little things to make sure that you're okay. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm good. Go back out. I get hit in the back of my head for my safety. And then I just go down like I'm out. And, you know, in that time, it's one of those things where the same situation with Tua is this. In the heat of the moment against the Bills going back and forth, he knows that he wants to be out there for his teammates. And. He doesn't want to let them down because he's hearing all the scrutiny. People are doubting him about his arm. He's got all the weapons now for his team. He wants to be out there to prove to people, one, that he's tough because that's been questioned, and then two, that he's a great player. So what do you want to do? You want to prove and you want to get through that little pause, whatever it is, where they're evaluating you to make sure that you're straight to play. Obviously, he finishes the game out. It's a great win. You come into this situation now, assuming that he's fine, assuming that he went through the rest that he needed on such a short week, you assume that he's good. And most of the time it's hard between a Sunday and a Thursday to reevaluate if you are healthy enough, but you kind of think you are because look, you finished the game. You should be good. As long as you don't get hit, you're not assuming that you're going to get hit in a game like that. And it ended up happening and he got his head slammed on that ground. And I can attest that I got a concussion when I was playing with the Dolphins in 2012 and I also had to go so I get checked. I passed that test, uh, finishing the game out, but I can understand him. And now what happens is he gets slammed to the turf, a, a back-to-back concussion like that, and he's down. He's out. It's more severe than the first time. So now what happens is you start questioning the doctors and saying it's y'all's fault because you shouldn't have let him back out there. But I'm letting people know also there's three people in that room with you. And those three people are watching you to make sure that you're straight. 
And at the end of the, all the evaluations, they go and turn to the other two doctors. How do you think? Like they go and converse with themselves. He looks fine. He's passed all the tests and they ask you a couple questions. It's not until probably 10, 15 minutes actually goes by outside, not in an actual game. It's probably like four or five minutes that go by in an actual game. And they're trying to figure out, are you good in the spot in that moment? And if you can prove to them you are, they're going to let you back in. So we can't sit here and, and blame them, you know, because they're doing the best job that they can trying to evaluate in the heat of the moment. But at the same time, we're not, I don't want to say smart enough. We're just not, our pride gets in the way because we want to still be out there for our teammates. And that's what it comes down to is, is showing that you're tough. And it's hard. Honestly, it is when you have a concussion and it's not a broken ankle, it's not a broken arm, it's not a strained back, pulled hamstring, when it's not the physical things. And we kind of put our brain, it's not physical, but it is because it controls everything. We don't put that in that same category because as long as we can still get out there to play, we're going to try and play. And that's just a situation that, that happened down there. Or, well, happened two weeks ago when it happened in Buffalo with, uh, excuse me, Miami versus Buffalo. And then coincidentally just happened on Thursday night yesterday. And, and that's why you're seeing all the scrutiny, but I don't think it's, it's called for, you know, at the end of the day, it's just one of those things. It's football. And he showed the doctors that he could play and the doctors deemed that he was good to play. So it's either you want to change the rules now if a player says he's good, he passed all the tests. The doctor still says, no, do you want to give him that power? It's really, you got to go back to drum board and discuss that with, with the NFL. Mm, I think it, I mean, the brain is such a weird thing. Like, like we all know, I think, I wonder if players subconsciously, they don't want to believe that they have a concussion. So they try super hard in those, in those little tests, like you mentioned, just like sub, they're not even thinking about it. They're just like, let me try to laser in as, as hard as I can. And if it's not like, if you just got your bell rung or, or whatever phrase you want to use, you might be good enough to get back out there. And then, then that second impact it hits you and your it's wraps. Nah, it ain't even like that. I'm telling you, like, you know, when you got, like, you got hit, it's like, shh, like focus. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been hit many times and I know I'm looking at the ground. I'm trying to look at something. I just say focus and get my mind like right back onto it because what you don't want to do is let it stray too long. And I remember we were in Baltimore and I got hit in the back. Steve Smith hit me in my back after the play was over. And I kind of landed awkwardly, like on my shoulder pad by my neck. Hmm. Just trying to roll out of it because I landed awkwardly. So I'm trying to get up. My, they didn't call anything. So I'm just trying to get up. But it took me a little while to get up. So as I'm getting up, the ref is thinking that I have a concussion. I'm like, no, I'm good. So he sends me off on the sideline because he's like, oh, you're 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 not fine at all. But in actuality, it was just a weird area that I was on. But at the same time, he hit me in my head. So I'm just still trying to focus while I'm on the ground just to make sure whatever he did, what's the severity of it? Like, how hard does it hurt? If it doesn't hurt that hard, like, get your ass up. Let's go. Let's focus. If it kind of hurts a little bit more, it's like, all right, come on now. You've been on the ground a little bit too long. Let's get up. And, and we just hop up and we go. And a lot of times, too, your teammates come around you and say, hey, good. What's up? Get up. And you just get up, like just what it is, you know. So it's not necessarily when you get hit, you're like, oh man, that was, you know, it was a hard hit. Like you know, it's a hard hit when it when you're about to hit somebody. It's mm. it's funny how that goes, and you already know, like when you get up. All right, that's exactly what I expected. So it's not one of those where it's you're you're just super dazed and like 
oh, I, I got to get out. Like when you're out, you're out. Like that's how you know to get out. But you just got your bell rung a little bit. It, it's it's different as far as youth and you just basically lying on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it, I've become more of an MMA fan over the last four or five years. A lot, I kind of related back to this with the whole to a situation and kind of what you talked about earlier. A lot of guys, they'll get dropped, they'll, they'll get knocked out in one fight, and then they just lose their chin. And I think, I mean, it was probably because he didn't have as much, as much time to uh, fully recover and all those things. But I think that's the biggest part in all this. He didn't have that whole week or even sit out that week and, and maybe get in the next week. But just imagine if he didn't get slammed and he still played in the game, are we even talking about this? Are we talk about how the Dolphins put him back in against Buffalo. We wouldn't be talking about it, you know, but mm. it's just, it's a weird situation because he got body slammed to the turf. It wasn't like he took a sack or he was scrambling and he went in for contact and got hit. Like he just, it was a big dude that slung him to the ground on that hard turf and he hit his head, like basically almost on the top of his crown. So, it's just one of those things where we're, we're talking about what if now, you know, the Dolphins won. He said he was fine. There was nothing throughout the week as far as like him and, and precautionary protocols are saying he might not play this week. He proved that he was able to play. He was able to go. So at the end of the day, if that event didn't happen, they wouldn't be, the medical staff wouldn't be getting as much scrutiny. And I don't think they, just me knowing them, and it's probably it's the same people that are in that medical staff. They're not going to just put you out there and put put you at risk. Like they actually care about their players in, in that facility. So people need to understand that. And the doctors that are there are in place. They've been in place for a while. So they they also care about the players too. So let's not let's not jump the gun and and start pointing fingers at them when you also got to look at Tua and and what he did in that locker room. And I'm just letting you know from multiple experiences how that whole test and conversation went and how he got himself back in that game and how this happened the way it happened it's just that's what it is mm-hmm. and i've seen like last night i was i was i think i was just living in the moment a little bit so i slept on it whatever last night i was i was ready to to blame the medical staff and the coaches uh, but then i started watching I mean, obviously, this conversation's helped as well, but started watching like Get Up and and First Take and all those shows, and these guys, these former NFL players, are talking about it. Um, I mean, I, the, just the optics of last week in down in Miami against Buffalo was was terrible. Now, I can't sit here and say there's no way he has a back problem or a back injury or whatever, but the optics of it looked like he was he was out, not not out out, but like. He looked like he got rocked and he was he was all over the place. Yeah. Most of the time though, you gotta understand if it was any other position, they would probably take him out and they'd be out. But the fact that he was a quarterback and the fact that there are more rules for the quarterback, I think they kind of gave him and I'm saying the refs, like every you gotta think of everybody included. The refs are watching the quarterback. You got a back just watching everything as far as like late hits if a D lineman's about to land on somebody like they're watching that. So when he gets hit, he watches him and sees, is, is this a problem? And if it is a problem, I need the medical staff. 
if I get the medical staff, hey, you have to come out. But you also have to let the medical staff know what you see too. And then they know, then they start assessing. And they probably have already seen the play also. And there's also a video of the play on the sideline so they can review it themselves. So you have all these things going on at once. And him coming off the sideline, probably like, yeah, he looks a little woos days, but whatever. We need to still test him. So they go and test him. He's probably the entire time when he's walking, it's like, I'm fine. As long as he's still alert and he's not knocked out, he's probably telling them, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. I just got my bell rung. I can still focus. They probably put him in the tent just to see to make sure. And then they probably bring him in the back to have another conversation away from the sound, away from everybody, the stadium, just so it's you and the doctors. And then after that, they start assessing. Is he deemed playable to come back? If he is, let's start doing the tests. And the, the whole time he's probably telling him, I'm good. I need to get back out there. I need to get back out there. Let me just, come on, let's go. Let me do this test. Just probably going through the test. He knows exactly. And then shoot, five that I'm telling you is hold true. And I've been on three teams, elbow, apple, carpet, saddle, bubble. I guarantee you it was in there as well too. And he probably memorized it. And he's probably like, okay, this is easy enough. I got it. And you just got to sit there and just remember it because I did because I wanted to get back out on the field. So the same thing happened. And he came back out. He told him he was fine, did the test. They conversed with each other again. They probably made sure one more time. They said, look, if you can go out there, go out there. But if you can't, your safety is important. They give you that option. Then he probably said, I'm good to go. Comes out, plays well. They finish. They win. It's a great game. And then after that, nobody says anything. It's not even brought up. It's not even discussed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's only Thursday night where it comes up because that situation where he did have a concussion on Sunday came back one, but now gets hit directly on the top of his head. It's out and it's a bad scene because how it looks. Now all of a sudden we start blaming somebody else. But if people just understand how this whole metrics of concussion protocol works, there's not just one or two people involved. There's literally like nine or 10 people that are looking for this. So people shouldn't be, like I said, I'm, it's weird because I'm a player. I'm coming to the defense of the medical staff, but I'm only coming to the defense because I've had so many concussions. I understand how this whole thing goes because every, every time I've had one, I've tried to fight them to come back out. And the last time I did was my last game that I ever played because I got knocked out and I couldn't even get up. So I understand exactly what these conversations and how they're had and what, what decisions need to be made. And then there's just that final decision. Basically, that's if you look good enough to play, not good enough, let me not say that. If you look like you have no symptoms, you look fine, you're great, like you're focused, you, you still have it in your eyes because you can tell when guys are dazed, you can tell guys who are focused, they're just locked in. And you're going to get hit. It's just inevitable. It's just you have to understand if you do go back out there, what is the risk? And who would know exactly what the risk was, he took it. He should share the blame just as much as the coaching staff, or not coach staff, the medical staff. Mm, yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, getting more in, in depth with the concussion protocol and, and when you have to go back in the back of the stadium, in the training room, wherever. I mean, is it – how difficult or how easy is it to, to, to get through that even if you know you might not be okay? How difficult is it? It's difficult to get through now. As the years have gone on, it's been mm. difficult. I remember the first one I got, uh, my little second season, 
Miami. I was doing kickoff returns and I got rocked. The first time I got rocked and then I just kind of just shook it off. And the second time I got rocked, I was just out of it. And I said, I can't, like, I can't do it. So it brought me in the back. Just remember the first time I go with the doctor, go in the back, they start the same words. Then he asked me, where am I? What jersey number am I? What's my responsibilities on the team? Uh, what month is it? And then just kind of getting to just general, just broad questions. So you're talking to them. As you're talking, there's somebody that's walking back and forth behind them. And you don't, this is my first time, so you don't know. And there's somebody walking, just assessing you, your answers. Do you look like you're spacing off? Are you looking at them directly? When he's got shining light in your eyes, how does your eyes look? Your pupils dilate, do they shrink? You know, do you, do you get sensitive to light? Are you able to balance? And then there's another person that walks in and then they just start talking about it. And then he starts looking at you while there's other guys walking back and forth. So it's hard to really outsmart them. And I couldn't outsmart him because light was bothering me. And once I kept saying, like, the light is bothering me, obviously we're playing at 12 o'clock in the day. The sun is like mm-hmm. all that's bothering me, sensitivity to light. So he just said, look, you can't play. You, you know, you got to sit out. And that's why I couldn't do anything else. It wasn't. Uh, Nolan still wants to play, but we told him he can't play. That's, that sounds contradictory. So it's like, look, we did. He's not playing. He's got a concussion. He's out, and it's all right. Next man up. That's just what it comes down to. So it's not, it's not one of those things that's easy to to really try and outsmart the trainers because there's too many eyes on them to really do that. They're examining the hit. They're trying to see where you got hit. I'm probably sure on their helmets got a sensor to know exactly where they got hit, where the most impact mm-hmm. is, just because how technology is now. You didn't have that before. It's just everything's changed. So it is definitely more difficult than than anything to just try and outsmart that many people that's seen it about nine or 10 times before you even come off on the sideline. Now, how rare is it for a guy to sit back and be like, I got hit, yep, we got my bell rung. I'm just going to take myself out. I'm not even going to try going back in. A little bit. I mean, if, if you really got rocked, you take yourself out. There's been some guys I've played with, they, we've come to sideline, and we just kept ourselves in it. Like, it just happens, man. You're always going to have a concussion. I don't care what, what time it is. Everybody gets a concussion when you tackle because you're just moving that fast. Mm-hmm. So what happens some of the time is you come on the sideline, you have guys will keep you in the game. I, I've had safeties. I've had backers. that be like, man, I'm spaced out, man. I need to get locked in. All right, I got you. And you just, you good? And we're out on out on defense. Hey, you're good. You know what you got? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Next snap. Hey, you good? You locked in? It's Yeah, I'm good. Coming to the sidelines, how you feeling? I'm getting there. I'm starting to feel better. You sure? Yeah, yeah I'm good. If you don't, it's like, hey, look, man, such and such, he, he's out of it. Trainer come over, and then that's what it is. And the guy will really, you know, he'll accept it. All right, if, if my teammates – are saying somebody come and get me, then yeah, I, I probably need to come out because we see it. Like at the end of the day, yes, you're trying to thug it out, but if it's compromising your safety, you can't be out there. And we know that too. We're smart enough to know. It's different if you're nicked up, you got a little injury. Hey, we need you to fight through it. It's different when you're spaced out. Yeah, probably got a kid, got your family here. The last thing they want to see is you on a stretcher or you haven't any residual effects of because you've been banging your head too much and you just want to fight through it just to get a win. Like football is, is great, but at the end of the day, you want to be able to 
move your extremities, be able to think without spacing out. You want to be able to imagine things. Like you don't want to be a vegetable. I've seen so many guys kind of just drift and it sucks, but you begin to think about those things when you, when you see one of your teammates that's like that and you more than likely encourage them to have to sit out and tell them, look, just get yourself right, come back next week or in two weeks or whenever you need to come back, but sit out because we, we need you down the road and we think that way. So anybody that kind of listens to this, don't, don't think that I'm about trying to tough it out and come back in there and compromise your safety because at the end of the day, I retired because I had to think about my son. I had to think about the concussions that I did have, the ones that are documented, not even the ones that I did get. And didn't tell anybody and, and did exactly what I was telling you, just sitting down and just trying to just thug it out and, and concentrate on just what to keep me in the game because I played physically. Like I was, I can't even think of a time in the NFL where I got run over. I don't think I've been trucked ever. So that just means I've always stuck my head in where the ball is. I, I've just been that type of, of player. So I know I've got my bell rung a few times and I've just had to shake it off and, and keep going. I don't know. What about that one time? Uh, what was his name? Dwayne Harris. Very cheap shot at you on the punt. Didn't feel it. I was more pissed because I, I know it happened. Because prior to that, I think it was a series before. And you know, there, there's a there's a, a code of conduct. If they're going to get you, they're going to do it the first time. Like going in, because we, we were punting it in you know, mm. your territory. And... I didn't find this out till later because Rich Bisaccia, who was a special teams coach, who's now I think he's at Green Bay, but he was mm. Oakland's uh, interim head coach. He got mad at him because he didn't hit me the first time. And normally if you don't hit a guy the first time, you're not going to hit him the second time because I'm not going to expect it. So Coach Bisaccia said he got pissed at Dwayne and told him just beeline to me and hit me. So I'm running. I remember thinking to myself, he's looking up. He looks back down, but he looks up. And I'm thinking he's going to just move out the way again. So I look up the minute he looks up one more time. As I look up, he hits me, but he doesn't hit me in my head. Like he kind of hit me here. Yeah. But the way it looked, and once it happened, I knew I was getting right back up and I was <laughs> looking for him. But he hit me in my shoulder, but he didn't hit me in my helmet. If he knocked me out, that wouldn't have been a penalty, first of all, because they can do that. It's just the fact that he did that the second time, he didn't do it the first time. That's why they threw the flag. Because if they would have done he'd have done it the first time, they wouldn't have thrown the flag. But because of that and how it transpired, uh, they threw the flag off. So just for people that look at that and, and keep saying, I got my bell rung, no, I didn't get my bell rung whatsoever. If anything, I almost did a backflip and hop right back up, and I was looking for action. So don't play that out on the field, man. It's, if you want to fight, we can fight. <laughs> those white lines do not protect you whatsoever. Yeah, that's so weird to think that I didn't I never thought about that. Like if they don't do it the first time, they're not going to they're not, they're not supposed to do it the second time. Kind of like a unwritten rule code of contact, like you mentioned. Well, it, it's unwritten. If you do it the first time, that's on the gunners because we got to be aware of it. So I knew that the first time and I'm thinking, all right, if we're doing it again. You're not going to do it again because, you know, it's either going in the end zone or I'm going to down it at the one or the two. And since he didn't do the first time, me just thinking, all right, I'm looking. I looked twice before I even got to him. So I'm just thinking he's probably going to do the same thing again. But he timed it up right. The minute I looked up one more time to see where the ball was, 
he got me. And that's what it is. But most of the time, guys will just run out the way uh, before they if, – if they're going to hit you, they'll hit you the first time. The second time, they'll fake you in way. Third time, if you kind of get frisky with it, you're not sure, they'll catch it and try and return it. That's just what these – that's how they build it up. Returners got to have a game plan too, because they're they're the ones back there just in case their guys can't really cover. So it's just understanding the mindset, man. The more you understand the mindset of special teams, uh, the more it, it, the whole game of football gets interesting because people don't realize that they only see offense, defense, and sometimes special teams explosive plays. But when you look at the the whole totality of a game, you got to start seeing special teams, and, and that was the reason why. Dwayne did what he did, but it was because we were, kill, we were kicking their butts on on defense, and they couldn't get the ball moving, and they were getting pissed because we I think we beat them like thirty four to ten or something on Thanksgiving Day. So by the time we were just we were kicking their ass, and they got pissed, so they wanted to take it out on whoever was available, and it just so happened that I was a guy kind of thorn in their side that night too. So it just is what it is, man. And how'd you how'd you learn about Basachi telling him to do that? Uh, when I had signed to Dallas, he was a special teams coordinator there. Oh, still. And he brought it up. <laughs> we were talking one day. I think we were having lunch. And he just brought it up. And he said, you remember Thanksgiving when uh, you got clocked? <laughs> and like, yeah, he said, my fault. But I was so pissed because you guys downed it at the two. And I think after that, we got a turnover. Then we scored a touchdown right after. Like I said, we were rolling this on Thanksgiving Day. And he said, I was so pissed that he told him, I don't care where the ball lands. I want you to beeline for 23. And that's exactly what he did. He, so he said, I told him to do that. It wasn't because he did it. Because I was under the impression he did it. Because mm-hmm. most of the times, like I said, there's there's that understanding between returner and gunners. Like, if you're catching the rock, I'm not going to try and kill you unless the shot's there for me to, like, get you because you can easily hurt a guy. Like, if you're running full speed and time it up right, you can hit a guy in the knees. You can knock a guy out. And sometimes you can do it, like, if you're down there early. But other than that, no. Same thing as a returner is not going to really hurt you because, look, it's the same thing as a receiver pass. They're not going to try and put you in position. So me thinking it was because of him, I was – I was always pissed. Like every single year, even when he was with the Giants, I was just searching for him because I, I wanted to return that favor. But when Coach Passage told me that, it, I said it makes sense because of how the game was just going. That we were, mm-hmm. were just hitting it on all, all cylinders, offense, defense, and, and special teams. And the only way he could really get us was, I guess, that. So it's, it's funny how things come full circle, how these stories in, in football kind of – hear from the other side how they make sense and how they're funny after you you're, you're done playing mm, no doubt um, um i kind of want to transition away from the the whole dis- discussion about concussions and all that um i mean obviously two of your former teams probably top of the league right now um, i know miami just lost but um i mean you're the other team like like we just talked about the eagles eagles are three and oh heading into a big game against Jacksonville. Um, I mean, what have you made about made of this start um, out of them? It's pretty good. It actually, it's very good. The way they've been playing, it's like you're in midseason form already. And what I, I tend to notice with the NFC uh, East is whoever gets that fast start, 
typically is the team that wins that division. And it looks like it's Philly and, and they're just, they're rolling, man. I mean, they defensive secondary with Slay, that was the piece I think they needed to help out with, with everything, just having a, a vet, a true vet out there at corner that makes big plays, whether it's fumble recoveries, picks, locking down number one receivers. You saw what he did last Monday night. And that front line, that, that D line, as long as they got Fletch, you're always going to be dominant. Fletch is, Fletch is just phenomenal as a, as a player. He's been so consistent and he doesn't get enough credit. Him and also Brandon Graham, two guys, two of my former teammates. And it's amazing. And I'm going like they, like it was 2015 when we were just, I think we were second in the league at sacks. I think we had 50. I, I believe we're behind Buffalo. They had 55. But those guys, they had like 10 apiece, I think. And the way they're playing, they were in 2015. It's just now that back end is, is intact. And I, I think it's just great. Even those, the backers that they have, they're good enough for what they need. As long as you're getting pressure, as I can cover is and have somebody match up on number one and take him out the game. You're all you need to do as a defense is make sure you get off the field on third downs and get some turnovers. Give them all back. Stay on. And they're giving it back to the offense, which I'm still I, I can't understand what Tennessee was thinking when they they traded Mr. Brown. I, I just I I can't see I understand it because he's just changed the whole dimension of that offense mm -hmm. completely. It's not just Jalen Hurts or Dallas Goddard or Devontae Smith or even Miles Sanders. Like now all of a sudden you got to worry about him and where he is and he changes. But then you have Smith who is also stretching the defense, but can also catch the rock and get movement. Miles Sanders out the backfield, but then now you got to worry about Jalen running the ball. As a defense, you just have to hold on. And that's the, as the people that they've been playing haven't been able to do, there's just so many weapons that can beat you. And you become frustrated as a defensive coordinator when you come into a game thinking that you can double one guy, but he beats the double. And then all of a sudden, it's the Wild West. Like he has his target. Jalen pick anybody he wants. He's so confident. It doesn't matter if your guy's doubled. We've seen it from both sides. 11 and 6 have been going up Mawson guys. And when you're seeing as a defensive coordinator, there's nothing you can really do. You're hoping you start, you call whatever, trying to blitz them, trying to play man-to-man, -man, but then all of a sudden that creates mismatches across the board. Like I said, there's so many guys on that offense to just make it go in that that O-line. As long as it's laying on the right, you're good. I, I mean, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They're, they're establishing that identity of, Let's run the rock. Let's protect our quarterback. We got players. We got athletes. All we got to do is give them some time. And that's what you're seeing. And we're dominant. And I like to see this from this Philly team because there's always been so much scrutiny around who's going to be the quarterback. Is this guy going to take us to the promised land? Is this guy going to do it? And even when Carson was, was called backup, Nick Foles. And then after Nick Foles, it became Carson again. And then they got rid of Nick Foles and it was Carson. And then Carson, all of a sudden, now it's Jalen Hurts. Now Jalen, and it was all of a sudden, bam. Who's it going to be? Garner Minshew, because Minshew came in. Now it's gone. You don't even hear it. Now all of a sudden, it's, this is Jalen Hurts' team. He's the guy. He's playing at MVP level. 
And I think that's what Philly wants to concentrate on. They, they, they have confidence in their team because their quarterback play is great. And if you can system and get them into the playoff, let the defense guide you and take you to the promised land and hopefully come back and get to another Super Bowl. But I just think the run that they've been on has been, has been really amazing just because you never know. Well, you know the score, which guys are really going to be that you're going to see on Sports Center that's doing it. And I mean, up until like, I mean, even like up until this week, a lot of like sports pundits and everyone was like, well, if, if things don't work out in Philly with Jalen Hurts, they got two first round picks next year or, or whatever they have. It's, it's crazy how they're. It's there. like, but now you can make the argument. I mean, right now he's a top 10 quarterback easily. You can yeah. make the case he's playing like a top five quarterback at least through the first three weeks this year. Yeah. What is he like, fourth in passing yards? So, he's he going off. Yeah. He's like fourth now. Well, you'll probably be back up to a two to get to finish the game. You'll probably be up in top three, but. He's just been looks like the Alabama Jailer. He mm-hmm. first got to Alabama. His first year was he came on the scene and shocked everybody because he was just comfortable. And I don't think you saw that. You saw that more towards the end of last season, and his confidence going into the off season. Then you saw his confidence grow even more as the season started. But I think it just comes down to that defense too. A defense just being able to shut guys down, like shut these, let's say high powered offenses down, but. They show what they could do against the Vikings when they were talking about just and he only played one game and they were already ready to give him the world and they come in and shut him down. I think he might have had two receptions or something. And then shoot, they just kept steamrolling. They, they killed Washington. And mm-hmm. I know your former quarterback list on offense and defense. And you know, when you have a team that plays complete that way, it's really just it's dangerous, man. Like I said, in, the, in that NFC East, you can just know when it's a team's year and not one team has ever repeated as far as an NFC East champ. And I think Philly is trying to prove people wrong and, and do it right this year because me just being in that division for three years, you just know. Like, we knew when it was Washington's turn because of how they were playing. There's just you're firing on all cylinders. When it was Dallas, we knew it was when it was Dallas. When people knew it was us, we had a chance and we let it slip. But people knew we were the next in line. This was 2014 when we were just rolling. It's just you have a feeling there's not much we can really do stop it. Let's just try and get into the playoffs, and, that, and that's what Philly looks like right now. Now, I got to give you some credit. I want to talk about this team last. When we did our podcast back in right after free agency, you said, watch out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They can make the playoffs. And then, I mean, right now, I, they're playing Philly this week. That will be a huge test for them. Um, but, I mean, what have you seen out of those guys down there? It's offense. It's been the coaching of the offense. And I got to go to training camp a couple of times and just see how it looks. They're just more efficient. It's We have weapons. Let's learn how to use these weapons. Let's understand about how to play quarterback. And Coach Peterson played quarterback. That's why I said before, this is the best thing that could happen to Trevor Lawrence is because he has a guy that played behind, for one, Brett Favre when he was when he was uh, in. Then came to, was a starter 
but then had to help Donovan McNabb when he got drafted and show him how to play quarterback. After that, went to Kansas City, learned under Andy Reid, who was also, he was coached by Andy when he was in Philly, got to Kansas got to help other backs and learn under Andy's system, then to bring it to Philly and teach uh, Carson and have Frank Wright there as well to teach him. Frank Wright, Maryland guy, comeback king. <laughs> how to play court and you saw the steady incline of Carson until he tore his ACL. If he didn't tear his ACL, we'd be talking about Carson in a different light because he was playing unstoppable, probably MVP. Then all of a sudden, you now allow him to take everything that he's learned. Super Bowl coaching quarterbacks, having his own system, you bring that into Jacksonville with all those weapons that he's more comfortable with in the second year and knowing that you have a coach that has seen it the same way you see it. That's why you're seeing the success. That's why you're seeing the all what they've done the offense always has spurts in jacksonville of having okay we can probably do this if we string it together enough times and it would never really happen but the thing is once you have that combination of somebody that knows how to throw has weapons but also the running game that really plays up to having an offense that is a threat across the boards i mean zay jones kurt jones even uh ingram all these guys are, are weapons for for trevor lawrence and you have et and you have robinson that are in the backfield well, that prowess, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Philly does because it's mono a mono. It's, we got the same weapons you got. It's just whose defense is better. And I think that Jacksonville has done a good job in this draft and a little bit of free agency last year. To be are just monsters and will rush the pass. Not a lot of people are giving credit for, uh, what's his name? Floyd, uh, number 33. I keep forgetting his first name, but he's been quietly – I think he just got AFC rookie of the, the week. Oh, Devin Lloyd. Last week. Devin Lloyd, that's who yeah. it was. And he's probably been, aside from Walker, been the guy that has really made noise on that defense because they, I'm trying to remember, they, they got rid of Miles Jack. They got they released Miles Jack last year and or this offseason, and they're banking on him to be that guy. And he's been mm -hmm. exceptionally well. That whole front line has been well. This is a back end. The back end has to continue to get together. But as long as you hold up enough and you let your line do what they need, it's fine. But they've been – I've been trying to tell people, this this year they they just needed the right coach. And, and Coach Peterson is the right coach. They've always had athletes. They've always had players. It's always just been management that hasn't done right by these guys. Coach Peterson, and now you're starting to see – that they have put them in the right situations and, and that's why they're succeeding right now. So it's a good test. It, it'll definitely be a big test for the Eagles to see what they can do and Jacksonville because teams are balanced. Like I said, it's just about the defense that, that uh, we'll probably be able to hold up. We just need to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably the best game on the slate as of right now, like on paper. Yeah. Uh, nah. The Bills and Ravens will be good and then Chiefs and Bucks. Those three. Chiefs and Bucks, I like. Is that a night, right? Is it a night game? Yeah, Sunday night. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one, I think. All right, give me give me your quick picks for those for those three games. We'll start Chiefs and Bucks. It all depends on where it is. is it Chiefs? Is it Arrowhead? No, nah, it's in Tampa. Got Bucks because I just emotionally the. 
weird. It seems like there's it's the old scenario of Tom Brady, and if he dips a little bit, the team, the whole team dips, and we're just in that whole scenario of New England all over again. And I think he's just here's uh, Kansas City's coming in. I, I just don't see Kansas City. I, it'll be a game, but I just I think Tampa is just tired of hearing the noise, and also just the stuff that hurt happened with Hurricane. And I mean, they're they're more emotional. Stuff like that, guys have meaning for. They get behind and they want to play for the city. Once you see that, you see the game kind of be different emotionally. And you'll hear the commentators talk about it too. But I got, I got Tampa. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you there. And I think the Chiefs lost to my Colts last week. And I think they're gonna let that, that ending, that bad taste. In I think they're gonna let that sink in a little bit. And whatever happened between the enemy and and Patrick. I think it's kind of squashed, but that's never happened. And I think that shocked a lot of people and shocked them because they were coming in expecting to kind of keep it rolling and it didn't happen that way. They were in a dogfight, and I just think they kind of want to erase that, but it's just trying to prove that they're together on the other side, trying to show everybody that we're more focused on something bigger than football. I, I just see it that how those two kind of clash and, be Tampa. I think, well, if they cleaned up their special teams just a little bit, they might beat the Colts by 14. And then Chris Jones, I don't, I don't know what the hell he said, but if he just kept his mouth shut, didn't say what he said, we'd be having a whole different discussion. Yeah, can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> All right, next up, Bills, Ravens. I got Ravens. I just think Lamar has been lights out. He's got something to prove, even though the record doesn't really – it's not indicative, but he's been balling. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much on his contract situation. Look, he's still putting up numbers, man. They they just need to pay him. If they just pay him, everything will be fine because he's still going to do the same thing he's been doing. I saw what he did against Miami. It was unfortunate they lost that game, but you they can do if they just do it consistently and close our games there's nobody that can really beat that team if they just continue to keep playing that way and let Lamar do what he needs to do I have Ravens I'm gonna go Bills and I mean it's similar similar issues on both teams the both teams secondary the Bills are just decimated with injuries I don't know how many of them are going to come back uh this week and then the Ravens secondary has been kind of suspect um even in their wins a bit so I think I think Josh Allen's going to come out and light him up. It'll be a close game, but I think Allen's going to light him up. It's going to be a good one. I think it's going to. I just don't. It's hard because Buffalo's going to be in a lot of these shootouts, mm-hmm. and it's hard to play ninety plays, man, and not feel that residual. Like the following week, I'm I'm I played one hundred and five snaps against Washington in 2015. I didn't feel it until the second week, like rolling over my body just shut down. So I can only imagine those guys being 90. Yeah, you get the week to kind of recover, but once you start going again, you start creeping up to that 50, 60 range in plays, if you are, it's going to be a little – you just got to look for that. You got to see what type of fatigue will, will uh, set in. That's, that's the reason why I say Ravens. Fair enough. And then finally, we kind of previewed it a little bit earlier, but Jags and Eagles. Man, it's tough. I got the Eagles, man. 
the Eagles, at the end of the day, I, I say it's about defenses. Philly's defense is a lot better than Jacksonville's defense. Jacksonville, I don't think, is built yet to handle Philly's power. It's just – I'm just looking across the board. They're going to find mismatches, and I think they're going to find mismatches amongst the linebackers. That, that's the best thing I can really see. Uh, they'll, they'll just try that, see if he can really tackle Jalen Hurts or, or at least have these – these backers tackle him and if they can great and they'll see how they can get someone outside the Jacksonville really trying to double team anybody just after what happened last week if they do try it it's got to be in a pressure situation third down got to have it you know that's the only thing I really see but I, I just can imagine Jacksonville saying let's not give up anything deep let's keep everything in front let's try and make them earn it and then on offense they're going to try and score you know try and get the ball out quick, try and get that pressure off that D-line to keep them to stop, stop trying to rush so much because 55 and 91, they're coming. Telling you, those guys, they're they're different. And they, they smell blood in the water like they do. They're going to try and come after this kid, especially with their former coach. You know, they want to show off in front of him. And he knows exactly on that. He's got some sentimental value to it. But I just got to give it to the Eagles. They're just, they're just playing too well right now to just stop man and it'll just be interesting uh, I, I just think like i said whatever defense can slow the offense to wins the game mm -hmm. and i think i mean trevor lawrence has had a big breakout i mean i wouldn't say breakout just yet but he's had a bounce back uh sophomore yeah. year but i think the eagles are gonna rough him up <laughs> in the heat i got that yeah i got the eagles i agree with you there too yeah, it'll be a good game. Don't get me wrong, but just he he's going to take enough hits because they're going to figure it out. That's just one thing I, I know about that defense is they're going to figure it out fast. And, and when they do, Jacksonville better figure it out fast too because if not, it's just going to be rough on them. No matter what they try and do, I just think if you get them rattled early, it, it's just hard to – really come back from it because they just keep piling it on just the mentality that that defense it doesn't matter if they're by 35 they're still going to try and bring it that's just the mentality of, of those guys up front and I know the mentality of, of defensive coordinators hasn't changed no matter who's there let's play let's play physical and let's get after this quarterback and and make him make mistakes and that's what they're going to want to do with this young guy Jalen doesn't necessarily make mistakes you know, if it's not there, he'll try and run. He's more athletic, and even though Trevor is a big kid, that's a different type of speed. So we'll see. But I, I think he, he'll get it done using his weapons more so than him trying to use his legs. Hmm. I agree. Uh, like I said, I'm going I'm to wrap this thing up. But as always, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, stay tuned, everyone listening. Got some, got some good stuff coming up here in the next few weeks. Definitely, definitely not. It's just fun, man. I got to get back on it more. I got to get on the right schedule. <laughs> just talk about it because, shoot, I'm always looking at it. That's my thing. Just never really talk about it because for whatever reason, it's weird. Even my own my own players, they uh, they don't know I play football. This is the weirdest thing. Like, they don't – one guy asked me last week uh, when I was talking about NFL stuff, he asked me if I played in the NFL. I'm just like, all right. I guess this is the type of program we got. So, <laughs> man, so get to talk about pro stuff is shoot, it's enlightening to me because get to relive some experiences that I went through to just 
help other people see it in that same way. Yes, sir, man. Always a pleasure. Definitely, man. Good talking to you. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, you too.